0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: We've all spent more time with family lately. It can feel like old times, but your mind is on the future too, and what you can do to shape it. At Sandy Spring Bank, we work with clients to help them grow and protect their money with wealth management, trust services, and insurance, so they can enjoy today and ultimately pass along their wealth. We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about your dreams. Visit sandyspringbank.com wealth. Wealth and insurance products are not FDIC insured, not guaranteed, and may lose value.
2: Tony, look at that for a comment. <laughs> well, whose hand does he want? That sort of, you, yours or mine, or, or both? Michael, it- that that is phenomenal. Listen, um, as you all know, I'm Paul John Dykes, and I'm here tonight with Tony Haggerty. It's Friday night with the Celtic State of Mind, and if Michael thinks that this is making his Friday night a little bit better, then I'm glad we're doing it, Tony. <laughs> yeah,
3: we've got to we've got to please somebody, haven't we? That's the whole. The whole premise of the, the actual show
2: we please at least one person at well, that, that I think has happened already Which is great We're going to be here for another 59 minutes Michael Hopefully we can live up to your expectations uh, Tonight's show is sponsored by Who Knows Wins And the link to the app is underneath the video We are part of a league um, Some of us have been very successful in that league And others haven't I wouldn't like to name names Tony, but uh, we'll come back to that as the show progresses. Uh, Michael, thank you very much for getting involved and everybody for getting involved. It's a Friday night where we can relax. It's uh, the beginning of the weekend. We're looking ahead to Dundee United on Monday night, of course. And everything else that's happened up to this point because the big chat over the last week or so has been 50 games under Ange. We're well into the age of Ange. And what I find interesting, Tony, is how... People go back um, to the very the very beginning of Angie's reign, and rightly or wrongly, probably rightly, uh, everybody's words are scrutinised. And of course, Angie was uh, played back the Alan Brazil comments. And the other day, someone was saying, "Yeah, but you were all just as bad." I don't think we were. I don't think we were when Angie came in the door. That we were as as scathing as uh, Alan Brazil. I don't think we're as scared scary as is Alan Brazil, but I've owned
3: those comments and I've I've written a piece on the Celtic way today, just in case anyone does bring those comments up as well. And I've said, I said at the time, and I remember saying at the time, because I'd said it before, I said we wanted an appointment, not a disappointment, right? And I said that I wasn't disappointed, in Ange. I was disappointed in the processes that led to us appointing Ange. Because uh-huh. I think a lot of people were all in an Eddie Howe. And I certainly was. So it wasn't a disrespect to Ange. It was about the people the board on the board who I didn't think carried out due diligence and the processes that you would normally do when you appoint a Celtic manager. Because we chased Eddie Howe for long and weary. And then all of a sudden he doesn't appear on the Friday. The day is supposed to be unveiled. And by the Sunday, Ange Postacoglu was new manager of Celtic, or was supposedly be c- coming in to be the new manager, and I think he'd been appointed by the Monday. It was something like 72 hours. So I, I remember thinking, wow. And I don't think we were disparaging towards him. I think everybody we were like most Celtic supporters, kind of like, "Where's where have they got this guy from? What's happened here? Which, you know, you're trying to connect the dots and see the connection, and connection clearly came from the City group. So it was nothing personal against Ange Prostokoglu. I think a lot of Celtic supporters felt disappointed with the initial announcement that Ange was coming in. Yeah, because they didn't know him. They didn't know of him and didn't know his track record. And also they were kind of invested in Eddie Howe. And, I've, and I wrote today that anybody who was on the Ange bus from day one, from the moment they first saw his name in the papers, was doing out a blind loyalty. And blind faith didn't know what they were getting into, but because the man was being appointed a Celtic manager, that was it. That's good enough for them. And I admitted it. Yeah, uh, any Celtic manager coming in, you'll get your support. And I said, I'll, I'll give him six months before I make judgments, ill-informed or otherwise. Mm-hmm. Am I glad he's here now? Yeah, I am. Uh, was I sceptical when he first came in? Of course I was. It's only natural. You bring somebody in that you haven't heard of, and you don't know his track record, and everybody else goes and does their homework. And then it was only the Australian guys who came on the show and told us, "You've got a gem here."
4: Mm-hmm.
3: You no, know, and that's fair enough, and big up to them. I've big them up before, but I, you know, you you are allowed to change your mind about something. I think I summed up the feeling of a lot of supporters at the time about
2: the whole Eddie Howe, because it was a total and utter debacle. What was it, 103 days? Oh, 106 days, because we were counting them down. And then, and then you know, we were getting closer to that qualifier, Tony. And yeah. it felt at that time that the it, the board were continuing the debacle of the previous season yeah. and that they just couldn't get anything right. And I don't mean that I meant the Eddie Howe thing. No. They were all in on it. I mean, let's not pretend. We can't revise that. Celtic no. were all in on trying to get... Eddie yeah. they were, and they it all know. fell down at the last yeah. minute. And I'm delighted that it did. But that's on with point, hindsight. I, with hindsight, I'm delighted
3: now that it did. Have I changed my mind about Foster Corbett? That's what's changed my mind. Has he grown on me since he came in? Of course he has. He grew on me the night he said to the, Liam McLeod, the, the BBC guy, that it wasn't a catastrophe. Yeah, This was just the beginning. You're talking about as if it's the end. I thought, like that. Backed himself, backed the team. You know, uh, we we were forced to play an understrength team, and he knew that those qualifiers just came too early for him to do anything. He was given a, a free pass in terms of Europe, especially the Champions League. Mm-hmm. When you're going to play a Danish team with Dane Murray at centre half, you know that that's where we were at that point in time. But I I, I liked his comments. I thought, well, oh, you got a bit about you. That, that that's good. But the moment, and again, I wrote it today, On the moment it cemented it for me was Aberdeen away. Yeah, yeah. George scored a late goal to win. It was supposed to be a black October. He was supposed to be out the door if he didn't win against Aberdeen, Hibs or Motherwell, or Aberdeen, Motherwell, whatever order they came in. And had he lost one of them, he was supposed to be out the door seemingly. We weren't saying, get him out the door. We were saying, you know, at not one and not any time did we say, sack this man.
2: Well, I'd one. like to pick up on that because not one single Axon contributor who is on the show today, not one of us, said that Anne should go. Not one yeah, of us. And it's all them. there. It's all out there on, on yeah. the channels.
3: So. You can look at the, the previous broadcasts. might have been harsh because he had a 50% win rate and we were saying he was brought in to win football matches. He kept telling us to trust the process. Fine. Have to trust the process when you're not winning, but we could see the process. But when he went to Aberdeen, and that was pressure. I, I mean, no amount of pressure uh, on. Well, a huge amount of pressure. I mean, on him that day, and he passed that test. And then he also he kind of cemented his relationship with the fans as well because there was the celebrations after it, the chest bumps and all that, right, and the fist bumps. You know, and I, and I thought, you know what? That was that was a, a huge game in the context of your own development as a manager at Celtic and he passed it brilliantly and kinda showed that day that yeah, he was there for the he was there for the long haul and that he was trying to build something and he was road mapping it and telling us what he was up to and I liked that about him. You know, so I, I my initial scepticism became favourable towards him. And, and now I'm delighted that he's here. I'm delighted that uh, a man like Ange Postapog was representing the football club that I support. Yeah, I think he speaks well. He handles the media well, he, and he's and I think he's good at his job.
2: I think um, his first win as a Celtic manager came in Europe against uh, Jablonek. if I got Jablonik, that yeah. pronunciation correct or not? Where we were wearing the uh, the third kit. The nice, natty, white, green and pink number. And I'll, I'll look back on that game. I think it was that game where there's a substitution and Eduard and Kyogo uh, exchange a handshake, obviously, as one's leaving the park and one's entering the field. And it was almost that moment, Tony, that um, it was the passing of the guards almost, you know, because Eduard was from a, a different era. At, by that stage, he's yeah. you know his head was was out the door, as uh, J P Mason used to say, and his feet he should follow. follow yeah. um, it was almost like a hangover from the previous season because we had guys that were part yeah. of that who weren't going to be part of the Ange Revolution, and Eduard was one of them, and Ryan Christie was another. Christie scored in that game, and sometimes when you look back at that period of absolute transition, and I and I maintain, I think. Christie would have flourished under Ange Postacoglu. Um, Unfortunately, he was to leave. But in that particular game, Near Beaton scores an own goal to give uh, the score a wee bit more of a respectable look. It's 4 2 at that stage. Uh, That was after him being sent off in Ange's first competitive game. And I think that just that as an example, Near Beaton could have pretty easily been written off. I think a lot of Celtic fans might have written him off at that stage as well, Tony. But you know, he's persevered when you're beat on. And he's got a player who I don't think's a first pick every week. Absolutely nowhere near first pick every week, Tony. I think he's going to appear between now and end of the season fairly regularly, though. You can rely on him. Well, do you know what? I think that's kind of a,
3: a, a microcosm of a manager at work. The manager has come in and looked at every player at his disposal. He's brought in players who, and he told you why he's brought in players, because he. he he pictures them in his team. You know, but he's had a look at every player and he's not wrote anybody off. Tom Rozic was supposed to be out the door last summer as well. Mm-hmm. Getting him Got a fine tune out of Tom Rozic. Getting a, a brilliant tune out of, of Near Beton. Because he clearly has man management skills. And he can clearly get a message across to players to keep it, you know, to tell them to do things for him. And it's clearly simple because they're all obeying his instructions, and they, and they can they can do it. It took a while for them possibly to get used to the inverted full-backs and the the high press and the high tempo football. When it's worked, it's been a joy to watch. When it when it's not worked, and it it, it sometimes has looked laboured, but he stuck to it, and uh, an all credit to him for that. And, uh, and Neil Beaton is just one example of of his man management skills. Yeah. Who was a guy as you said. He wouldn't have cared if he'd played this season, at the end of last season, if he'd made any appearances, because he wouldn't have been a top pick for you. And he still manages to get himself sent off in the Champions League qualifiers. And this manager perseveres with him and says, no, no, you can do something for me. You can do a job for me. This is a squad game. I rotate my players. You will feature. So it takes a a lot of managerial nous to, to know that. And a lot of you know, a lot of education in football to see that and to you know, project ahead and think this guy's gonna be valuable to me at some point this season. So big up to him for that. Mm-hmm. Big up to him for, for just making Tom Rodgick into the player that we all thought he was capable of being. And he's he, the, the the sum of Tom Rodgick's parts, he's welded them together and you're getting everything from him. Tom Rodgick was a sixty minute player, wasn't he? Every other, every other manager thought he was a 60-minute or a 30-minute yeah. player, right? Yeah. Ange didn't. he plays on the full game, he, he starts to perform and everything starts coming together and he, he looks every inch you know. A, a superstar in the Celtic midfield, he, he, as I've said before, he, he did it in fits and starts, but he's, Ange's made them marry everything together.
2: What I liked about it was, I can't remember, so if I'm missing something... Comment in the comments field. I'll be bringing in some of your comments, as many as possible, on this Friday night. Um, I can't remember a previous manager who's managed Tommy Rogic saying anything about his condition. But as Goglu said that right off the bat, he says body. Remember his wording? He's had problems with his body in the past. Yeah. Then when you see him, you think, wow, he's as fit as I can remember seeing him in a Celtic jersey. He's then contributing for more than 60 minutes, like you say um more than ninety minutes. He's mm-hmm. probably played more minutes this season. And I'd like maybe uh, Alan Morrison to to mm-hmm. clarify this or not. More minutes this season than, than in any season that he's played before. He's certainly on on route to playing over forty games this season, Tony, which is something you just need to think back to the pre season when Lee Griffiths was infamously left back, left behind and we were going to France and this was uh, us in the pre-season leading on to the 10 in a row, the so-called 10 in a row. Mm-hmm. And four players were left behind who were unfit. Tommy Rogic was one of those players. Mm-hmm. And I know that the media circus was, was around Lee Griffiths and the fact that he's gone and buying a kebab and all this kind of stuff. Whilst the team are over in France, you get away with nothing these days. But Tommy was part of that. Mm-hmm. And of course, what followed that was a proposed move uh, away and you thought well it's almost semi-retirement um, he was on his way and again a bit like Nero as we call him nowadays I don't think many people were, were kind of thinking we've seen the best of him it was great yeah. well it lasted we've seen the best of him look at him now I mean one of the big questions I'm going to ask when we get into the Dundee United game is about team selection of course because mm-hmm. it is pretty difficult I mean what's your average when you're trying to predict the team line-up 27 or eight.
3: I think I most most times I'm kind of eight, nine, no, and then good days you're, you're 10, 11 1011 eleven. I've got a spot on a couple of things, but uh, in fact I've got a spot on a few times. But yeah, but eight or nine, you no, know, and then good days ten and eleven. But it's just it's because it he's a rotation kind of guy. Yep. So you just know there's curveballs coming in. I mean nobody would have predicted that lineup for Livingston last week, would they? Nobody. You know, bringing Forrest back and. I, I remember saying on Monday, he called it spot on. Yeah. He absolutely. called it spot on because he's seen things. That, that's why he's a Celtic manager, right? That's why he's there. It's his job to see these things. And he has a horses for courses kind of guy in it. But I like that. You know, He, he and even guys, and I think he's also saying to guys, even if you have a good game, there's no guarantee you'll start the next game. Because mm-hmm. I might want certain things in the next game. And I like that. Yeah, Welsh...
2: Coach. Welsh, Juranovic, and yeah. Ralston have suffered from that. Yeah. Logic, O'Reilly, mm-hmm. Tati, Rotating, Giacomacus,
3: Maida, you know, that kind of thing. So he, and he's not scared to make those calls, which is great.
0: Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox
1: Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. You know, he, he, there's a tendency for managers to think it ain't
3: broke, doesn't need fixed. It doesn't matter if it was broke <laughs> or it's not broke <laughs> he'll still fix and he'll rotate if he wants and and it's not up for question because he does it his way and he has did it his way the whole season and if you've questioned you know people have questioned the, the, the plan b thing where you change your tactics and all that and you know as he, as he said to me that day he tapped to mike you know is this working you know <laughs> just don't don't ask him that don't bother him with that because he's told you not, he believes in a certain style and philosophy of football and that's what he's going to play and he's going to find the players to play that and I touched upon it today about uh, you know he, he'll know his team most times but it's hard to pick a Celtic strongest eleven at this minute and it, it is yeah. Neil and Turnbull come back, yeah. come back throw them into the mix yeah. It's going to be an absolute nightmare to pick a strongest eleven, and I said that uh, not, not that Ange doesn't know he's strongest eleven, but he, he, he's got headaches all over the place. But they're good headaches, yeah. You know, and again, that's why he's the manager. And you're sitting and yield, but I, 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 when everybody's fat, I, I, I dread to think. Well, not dread, but I don't know who I'd pick because you've got so many options. And the thing about the strength and depth now is it's quality, replacing quality. You know, we myself and Laura listed the substitutes on Sunday there and the players that came on to replace them. And you were just replacing like for like. In some instances, there was an argument for you replacing it with better quality.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: So, if that... But, and I think, as much as he's a, it's the next game I'm thinking about, you already have things like Rangers in April in his mind. And team selection for that, because that's he's, he's, his mind is completely focused on the job and football and his team, and he will be thinking, right, okay, I'll play him against Dundee I to see how he copes pressure situation. If he copes that well, he, he might play himself into contention for Ibrox. That's the way he works. Clearly, the way he works.
2: Paddy Lavery, welcome to the show, sir. You're watching on YouTube. Beer in the fridge, fire lit. TFI Friday, everyone, from a very wet Belfast. Where are you watching a Celtic State of Mind this Friday night? And we have Terence Casey, Evening All Axon from Limerick Island. Love the podcast. We love doing it, Tony. That's a big thing, you know. Five years ago, started doing a Celtic State of Mind round the kitchen table. Um, it's grown with a great team of contributors, I've got to say. And it's continuing to grow. I mean, we do the live streaming on a daily basis because it's a great and fairly simple way to to link in with um, a great number of people who tune in over the different platforms, mainly on YouTube. So if you are watching on YouTube, subscribe on there. But we are working our way behind the scenes as well on fully produced videos, Tony. I'm doing it live from the wardrobe, you know what I mean? It's, narnia. All, you know, it's <laughs> all good. <laughs> it's exactly. One day I might want people in. Absolutely. But yeah, I mean, it's great. It's great to engage. And um, I think we've also seen what happens when a community pulls together. We did that in December there and the December yeah. before it for the the um, the benefit of a very special place in the hearts of Celtic supporters. And we actually talk to the uh, three of Tommy Bondy's kids all about St. Mary's and Tommy and other matters. And that's a video that will be coming out to you at twelve o'clock on Monday. So tune into that. Make sure you don't miss anything that's coming out uh, on the channel. Ewan Boy Martin's back in the comments. Welcome Ewan. Hopefully you're doing well. Uh you've been through in the studio yourself a couple of times now. Always welcome in. Have a wee chat about Celtic, all things Celtic. Um and I, I know I've mentioned this before, but you know, I love the um the philosophy like you were talking about there, about the philosophy of Ange Boss I think when a manager comes in and focuses so much on a style of football, I've often said, Tony, that I take it with a wee pinch of salt. I want to see the the product. I want to see it for myself. I want to see the results. And some of the managers that I was using as examples previously were uh, Tony Mowbray, who comes in, and let's not forget his pedigree when he comes in. I mean, it cost Celtic a lot of money to get him from West Bromwich Albion, Tony. He had done so well at Hibs. Um Celtic fans were looking at him because his style of football that he liked to play he spoke about a football utopia he liked to play with the two wingers all this kind of stuff Um didn't happen, didn't happen for him and Ronnie Della comes in and talks about a philosophy and a tempo and a style and all this kind of thing and I can't say it didn't happen for Ronnie because he wins two leagues in a row and also um he wins uh, the League Cup as well, so he wins the League Cup and League double in his first season, almost a treble. Um, But I don't think we saw the full effect of what Ronnie's plan was because he was gone. And, of course, Brennan Rodgers comes in. And Brennan had his own philosophy. But when Ange Postacoglu comes in and talks about where the philosophy comes from, and he spoke so passionately, didn't he, about his his late father, (laughs) and how it was all about the fact that his dad hated Italian football because it was so negative and defensive. And then you start thinking back to how your very own Jockstein found a way through the Catanaccio ultra-defensive system. Uh, Catanaccio, any Italians in the, the comments field would to give me an exact uh, translation of that, but I think loosely based it's something like door lock or door bolt. Yeah. Um, locking the back door and he wanted to be um anti defensive football mm-hmm. and from um, from the very first moment he opened his mouth you knew what the philosophy was Tony but he's living up to it. Yeah and
3: and clearly knew his history with the club mm. in terms of I mean if he'd have walked in and said I want to recreate the days of Jock Stein by playing pure inventive beautiful football would you have batted an island? because that's basically where he's trying to take it. And and he has the same kind of charisma and respect and charm now as a Steen or a Mark O'Neill or a Brendan as And that's some doing after nine months. It's actually miraculous that he's viewed in that kind of way and people are seeing him you know, that the comparisons people will always compare, you know, teams. But he, there's a lot of nodding to... Uh, the past
4: mm-hmm.
3: you know and I wrote a piece about the Ferenc Puskas the Jock Steen link yeah. you know he, he mentioned the other day He's mentioned I love that Tony I absolutely like
2: love him. that link
3: yeah you know right so you talk about that that Steen goes to watch the 54 World Cup captivated by Puskas uh, and the way the Hungarians played the game the Magyars come to England and beat England 6 3 and 7 1, 1963, I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah, 1963. And in between times, Puskas comes to Hamden and plays for Real Madrid. Again, soundtrack Frankfurt Steen's there, captivated by it. And in his mind, he's forming his own footballing philosophy as a manager. And uh, Puskas then. Goes, to, goes on and he's his own managerial career to, to coach Ange Postacoglu. And Ange Postacoglu just takes everything in like a sponge from Ferdinand Pouskas. He, and he mentioned a great thing the other day. He said, talking about Pouskas, and he said, Pouskas just said to me, There's only three things that can happen in football you win, lose, or you draw. He said, But what you want to do whenever you go out in any game is play your football. And that's the biggest lesson that Puskas told him. And that's his philosophy. You know, whatever happens here, we don't care if we win, lose or draw. I'm going to play my football. Celtic's brand of football, our brand of football, he refers to it as our brand of football, which I quite like. You know, because there's always something about Celtic that are that certainly the supporters of Romantics and they're, they're artisans, aren't they? Celtic fans, well, we've always played A form of entertaining football. Mm -hmm. And Ange knows that. So Chatlett from Steam right through the the, the Puskas influence, you know, he's, he's aware of that. So he's came in and he sort of said, I'm going to, I'm going to uphold the traditions of this club. I'm representing the traditions and values of this club. I want to make you proud of your football team. This is the way I'm going to play. We're going to attack. We're going to try and entertain and win, lose or draw, you'll enjoy it. Nobody likes losing. But that's the only three outcomes you can have in football. But I'm still going to play it. And you're going to see what I'm going to do because I'm going to chart it. I'm going to build the beautiful house, as he says, you know. And you're going to enjoy it. And I think he's been born, he's been born through, hasn't he? What he says, I'm born through and he's been proved right. Because I think most people this season had written it off, hadn't
2: they, back in June? I was going to ask, when that was the the kind of narrative we were we were getting from people that knew him as a manager. And I don't mean personally, but knew, um, for example, Dan from the Japan Times. Mm-hmm. He comes on and says, listen, this is a transition season. You'll see Ange by season two. And we're all looking at each other, Tony, thinking, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. we We can't write this off. I called it a £60 million gamble this season. Yeah. We could not write off £60 million because you've got the Champions League um, qualifiers to get through. You've got the league to win and then you've got forty million pounds as a bounty, thirty five to forty at the end of it. Yeah. At least a sixty million and the swing as well, because we all know how damaging it will be for Rangers if Celtic win the league financially. It'll be massive. It'll be huge. We're not going to get into that. But I spoke about that as a as a sixty million pound gamble. And I'm getting told by people who knew the way that Ange plays, oh, you know, write this season off, season two. Mm-hmm. And at no point was I accepting of that. Because I just thought we had to get right back in the saddle this season. And at no point was Ange ever accepting of that.
3: He kept telling you he would get stronger. He kept telling you he's building a team and he's training them up to peak at the business end of the season Mm -hmm. where he wants to be involved when all the trophies are handed out, all the prizes. Well, will just win all of them. He won the League Cup by December, probably shocked himself in that situation. And, you know, the... The rebuild was far ahead of schedule. But you just trust them implicitly now, don't you? And 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 you and whatever happens this season and we spoke about it last week and it would be a kick in the teeth not to win the title, but you can't say that you've not been entertained. You can't say that it's not been enjoyable. You know? And I, and, and that's why everybody's so frantic now with nerves because it's Celtics to lose at this stage of the season with a three-point lead with eight to go but the manager's completely aware of that and I don't think and you know from the very moment you saw him, Mike we never stop you just get this feeling that this guy knows what he's doing he knows what he's talking about and he's representing your club the way you want it to be represented I never had the fortune of being able to interview Steen and it was just the, t- the last ever season that he he managed in Scott Well, he managed Celtic in Scottish football. That I, my dad took me to see team. You know, but I just think there's shades of that with Ange. I'm not comparing the two per se, but the, the older people tell me that that there's shades of the steam about him. Just the way he handles situations, the way he speaks, and I've asked my dad about it, and he's pretty reticent to say a lot about. Uh, and at the minute, because Steen was my dad's ultimate managerial hero, but even he said to me a couple of times, you know, I, I can see a lot of the, the big man in him and stuff in it. See, after nine months, <laughs> that's humongous compliments that people are paying him, and I think he would be very flattered by that, but he's not finished. He's nowhere near finished. He's not even started, to be honest. So I, uh, you just, it's, I call it kind of magic carpet ride, you're just a just intrigued to see where it where it where it goes and where it can take us. But you, you can't say that you've not been entertained this season. And whatever happens, happens. But my my God, you're you in hooks now. Every game, aren't you? Last week was one of those situations where you know you approached it with some trepidation, and they just blew Livingston out of the park. And you thought, okay, you've been telling us. We're going to peak come the end of the season. And that game, I think, in itself, in isolation, stands them in good stead for what's to follow. Because that was a big test of Celtic
2: last Sunday. I think it was huge because of the fact that, and I'm not saying we were overly critical, but there were some concerns about the form. Yeah, And I'm talking the form probably from the second half at Patojie, mm-hmm. right through to the Hibs game. So there were some concerns about the form, although we were grinding out results. I mean, the Dundee game at home, Tony, especially when you see how Dundee have performed since. That's McGee's first game in charge at Dundee. He's never won a game yet. They're not a good side. In fact, they're pretty poor. Yet, they could they could have scraped a draw that day at Celtic Park. So we were quite concerned, and what better way to blow the cobwebs away than a win at Livingston, and that's exactly what we got. But we're also speaking about um, and it's something Jared pointed out, Imagine what it's going to be like when all the offensive players click at the same time. <laughs> We've not seen it yet. And you, you can now throw James Forrest into the mix. I, yeah, I remember one of the... I not remember who it was. It might have been Dan
3: or Jared that said right at the start, never mind defence, you concede four, you'll score five. And, and, and my face was just like, oh, oh Sorry. What? What are you talking about? And he went, but it'll be fun. And I was like, whoa, 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 stop the world! I want to get off. This isn't about fun. It's about winning football matches. But what he has done this season, he's made it fun whilst winning football matches. There hasn't been many five fours. We got a four three in my first European game against uh, Real Betis, and you thought, Well, here we go. That's that's what they we were talking about. But everything that they kind of the guys that had previous knowledge of Ange have spoken about, has more or less came true. Or come true. And uh, yeah, but I think he's been a bit more pragmatic. But you you look at the forward line now. Kyogo comes back. Forrest's on a game. Abada realises for, uh, Forrest's challenging for that position. Jota on the other wing. You know, you've got Giacomakis, Maida, Kyogo fighting in the centre once Kyogo's fit. You know, but yeah, he, he, he trusted Maida last week to lead the line.
0: Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for based on Cox analysis of Ucla speed test intelligence data q3 2022 and cox serviceable areas visit visitcox.com/internet for details
1: this week on the marketers report patrizio spagnoleto global chief marketing officer direct to consumer for warner brothers discovery weighs in on building trust Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. media scores the opening goal.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: You know, you're, you're shouting at him after five minutes when Jota put the one across. And your first thought was Kyoga would have been there to put that in, so your initial thoughts to criticise. Put in a power of work, scores the opening goal, and gives you that kind of cushion that you need to breathe in a football match, and you blow them away. So no, I, I look at it and I think to myself again: manager called it spot on, knows what he's doing, knows why he brings players to the club, knows what function and role they're going to perform, and time and time again this season has went that's why I did that that's why I do it you know and you just sit back and you think yep called it right called it spot on and uh, yeah and 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 we trust and all that that kind of became an early moniker but you do trust him you do trust him and and see if he does lose the title this season does it make him a bad manager no it won't would you trust him to go you go again the following season it's just the fact that somehow coming 10,000 miles or or many thousand miles don't know how many it is uh, across on his own he's hauled this club off the canvas Mm -hmm. hauled the club the players the team the supporters he's hauled everybody off the canvas because you don't think he could have got a, a lower ebb as a Celtic fan last June and he's came in as an unknown and he's hauled us off the canvas and you're like, and he's telling you, "I'm going to do this. I'm going to play a brand of football that you'll enjoy." And, and you're thinking, "Yeah, as you said, we've, we've kind of heard these things before." But he's, he, and he's, he's giving you a pride back, a bit of an identity back. Well, more than an identity, you, you know, you of a philosophy and a style. And you, and you look upon the the team this season, and, and you're actually proud of what he's achieved thus far, and it can get better. Hopefully it will get better than he lifts the title, but what an achievement that'll be, Paul. That'll be up there with one of the greatest title wins in Celtic history if he manages to pull it off.
2: It'll be remarkable, Tony, because you know, last season we covered every single issue. Mm-hmm. Um, every debate was had. There wasn't much in the way of uh, positivity in and around supporting Celtic, and the fact we couldn't be there So you cash your mind back to that. You cash your mind back to getting knocked out of the cup, um, you know, where after the game there were protests outside the ground. You think back to January and what happened in Dubai and the meltdown that ensued after that. And, you know, then having to line up against Hibs and Livingston with a second-stroke, third-string team. It was absolutely grim. And all the while this uh, mythical 10 in a row continually just got further and further and further away from reality to the point where, um, as I say, there was a knock-on effect into this season because the one person that Celtic appeared to be putting all their eggs in the one basket with, you know, that all fell down at the last hurdle. And then you compare it to where we are now. And you, you have continually said to me, It may not happen, but I'm even allowing my mind to think that it won't happen. And that's not me being arrogant. I'm just thinking, well, where we are right now, I didn't see it, Tony. I did not see Celtic being in this position come March. And we're going to be talking about a, a fixture on Monday night, which is part, whisper it, of a potential treble. Now, I'm not getting ahead of myself, but it's the Scottish Cup game we're talking about. We're still in the Scottish Cup. We're three games away from a, you know, lifting the Scottish Cup. And to be sitting here with that scenario playing in front of us, it was beyond my expectations. And there's a, a good few points coming through and I'm going to bring one of them up from Brown Warrior in a second, but before I do so, Durban Kulchi, and we can pronounce your name now, thanks to Kevin Graham. Beginning of a working weekend for me, thank God I've got this to blanket out. Well, this is the thing. On a Friday night, we are going to be here every Friday at 6 o'clock. A Celtic state of mind. And um, you'll get used to it. The figures will go up once people start getting used to that as well. And um, yeah, Paddy, Natasha is not here tonight to cheat at the quiz, but I'm not sure who was the biggest cheat, uh, Natasha or Colin. What? Brown Warrior. Question for the boys. Listen, if you've got any questions, fire them in the, the chat. More than happy to... Have a wee wag this evening Tony um, Do you think the Rangers Have had a better adventure in Europe Over the past three years Than we have had over the past eight I do Now you've brought up the subject to Europe I think that although winning a double Or a treble Or even the league Might have been beyond a lot of people's Wildest expectations this season Europe and European football Would have been a, a step even further than that Tony But because Mm -hmm. we were in it, we obviously wanted to progress as far as we possibly could. History will tell us that we were eliminated this season out of three tournaments. So I take absolutely no pleasure in that. And uh, obviously, if a team is getting to the last 16 um, of a very competitive and tricky European competition, as Rangers have, three seasons in a row, then it's a great achievement. Absolutely is a great achievement. But what I would say to that is, what I'm looking at is how it benefits Celtic this season, Tony, because I'm being completely um, mm-hmm. selfish when it comes to that. And I'm looking upon it as extra games. And a lot of these games are going to take a lot out of your your main challengers for the title. So I'm now looking at it like that. Tony, I wanted to stay in Europe. I wasn't one of these fans who wanted to play second string teams. Um, I think, again, going up to the, the, the two encounters against Bodo Glimt, I wanted to win those games. I wanted to stay in Europe. But we're out. And now I'm looking at the scenario and I'm thinking, well, you know what, if Rangers have got an extra four or six games in Europe um, and then they've got to uh, regroup for the the league games at the weekend. I think it benefits Celtic. What's your thoughts on that?
3: Yeah, I mean, I I agree with that, that they will have extra games in Europe and their eyes might be elsewhere and it can be a distraction when you're uh, in a title race. Just look at two thousand and three, when Celtic were going for the UEFA Cup, the league, and the Scottish Cup, and ended up with nothing. Uh, team still revered and fondly remembered, but you know when when you break when you break it down, that that team, that Seville team, won won nothing. That was hard to take.
2: because
3: yeah. they deserved? They deserved everything, really. They deserved a lot, and uh, they, they they won nothing. So. Uh, I get where you're coming from with that argument that the longer we just stay and it becomes a distraction. And, you know, the, the pressure ramps up because Celtic will then play on the Saturday, won't they? Yes. Yes. And Reigns will have to ca- play catch up. And it's harder to play catch up when you need the points if Celtic do take care of their own side of the business. So I, I think there's pros and cons, but I always want Celtic to be in Europe and to be. Contest in the latter stages and if you're asking me, would I like to be in the last 16 of the Europa League alongside Rangers, I would would want to be there yeah, I think that's where your name is made on those on that stage in particular and I think Ange certainly wants to be there moving forward he wants Celtic to be competing both domestically and in Europe so he sees the bigger picture as well, Uh, whether or not it becomes a a hindrance to Rangers we'll find out in the next eight games, won't we? Mm. Assuming they go through against Red Star Belgrade and they've got a healthy enough lead to think we think that they might well go through. But it'll it'll pose its own problems for Rangers and and if it does then Celtic have to take their advantage, total advantage of that, and use that chance they get when they are playing on the Saturday to ram home that advantage and make and ramp up the pressure on Rangers to make them go and win on a on a Sunday.
2: Yeah, 100%. Again, I think when we look back on this season, uh, we'll also look at not only the challenge that Ange faced when he came in, Tony, but some of the challenges that he's faced throughout the season. So, you bring in a player who washes away a lot of the disappointment of losing st- star players or so-called star players like Austin mm-hmm. and Eduard. So, you bring in Kyogo. Now, I make absolutely no apologies for the fact I knew nothing about Kyogo when we signed him. My, my knowledge of Japanese football was probably zero at that stage. And what you do is you then start looking at who the player is, what he's achieved. And everybody's the same, generally. You may get a few exceptions that people do have that knowledge. And you're looking at the, the showreels, et cetera, Tony. But very quickly, we realise we have a very special player on our hands. And mm-hmm. what's happened with Kyogo, he goes on international... Uh, duty gets a bad injury and he's out for a while and he comes back and, you know, he wins us the League Cup and he's out again. So, the challenges that have been faced, the captain of the club, who at the beginning of the season appeared to be our only leader, has been playing for the last few months with a face mask on because of, because of a, a freak injury. You know, these are the things that I just had to deal with time and time again. Like you say, second leg against Michelin, you're basically facing Michelin with no recognise centre-half to partner Stephen Welsh and you have to give the first start, a first competitive start to Dane Murray. And I keep saying that, I thought he played really well that that night. Very well indeed. I mean, we pushed him to extra time before they knocked us out. And I just think that there has been so many challenges, not just the challenge of what he had to face when he came to Celtic, but since then, time and time again, we lose Scotland's young player of the year for a lengthy Mm -hmm. period, you know, in David Turnbull. A massive loss. An absolutely yeah. massive loss. And he's faced them on his todd. Yep.
3: Because he inherited a, a management team from the old resume and not once did he complain and say, I want my men in. Not once has he complained. He he makes reference to it a lot in his interviews and said the hurdles we've overcame and the challenges and it's big up to the players.
2: But him personally he must have thought what have I walked into
3: here? What, what, what's going on? And he's dealt with three CEOs. No, this is a world three renowned. Three CEOs no. in 10 months. Yeah. This is a world renowned football
2: club,
3: you know? And I'm in the eye of a storm here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And everything I do is magnified, and every mistake that I make, supposed mistake that I make, is going to be scrutinized. And everything I say is dissected to the nth degree. And honestly, he's handled it so well. I, I, you know, you. If he doesn't win manager of the year, then I tell you what: somebody, somebody gets manager of the year over Ange with then <laughs> they've done a great job. I want to know who they are. Uh, you know, so it just—it's. Any, he, and he's dealt with it with a bit of dignity and a bit of class. Mm-hmm. Any, I mean the other day when he was asked a question about referees, you know, <laughs> he just says, "You don't analyse the game over here, mate. It's more referee watch." And you're thinking, wow! <laughs> it's just like shut it. How you shut it down? Don't worry about that. You know what I mean? I I analyse football matches. I don't I don't really bother with referees. You know, my dad would tell you that. Jock used to say the same. If you're good enough, referees don't matter. Officials don't matter because you're too busy playing your brand of football and winning football matches.
2: It would have been better if he said, "You are the ref." Option
3: <laughs> D. <indeed. laughs> the football elliot. <laughs> you know but I think that that's what he's thinking all the time yep. just win football man, just be better and, and, and those guys won't matter and that's that's what he's building that kind of philosophy that that culture and and I, I, again he he, he kind of makes veiled reference to it, doesn't he you know, the challenges we faced this season well, as you say that, that injury list or catalogue of injuries was horrendous and they were key vital players and he, he mentions a lot that they limped on to, to January. I mean, that's why he got those three guys in even yeah. before the window had opened. Because he yeah. was like, I need these players. And we, this club needs these players if we're to move, take a forward step at all.
2: Yeah, Tony, you, you look at some of the later games of last last year, the tail end of last year. We go to St. Mirren Park. Owen Muffet's playing right wing. Mikey Johnson's mm-hmm. playing left wing. Yeah. We go to McDermott Park. Joey Dawson has to come on and play, I think about an hour of the game, 65 minutes of the game, centre forward. These are the the situations. Listen, let's not forget Tony Ralston. He was the only right back at the club. That's why he was playing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so and by the way, we all know what's happened with Tony. But these are the scenarios that Andrew was faced with, and he's managed somehow to come through them. You look at Carter Vickers, I'm delighted Carter Vickers is at the club. Would he have been at the club if Julien was out for a year? No, he wouldn't have. We, there's no way we'd have brought him in if Julien was fit.
3: But You touched upon it there. You should probably have ended that sentence, uh, and he's managed. Because mm-hmm. it's what he does. You know, and he, he doesn't want a medal for it. He's like, this is what I do. These challenges, these obstacles, hurdles, that's what like he switch. You know, and he and he, and he tell he's told you that himself. Those are the things that he relishes. He, he finds all that fascinating about football management. You know, not not so much the the good times because everybody loves the good times, but it's the the times of adversity when you challenge yourself. And he thinks to himself, "What can I do to overcome this?" Those are the kind of things he he, he looks upon more. You know, and he he tells that story about when he took the medal to his dad he would won the, the championship game in Australia. He took the medal to his dad and he showed him and he was like, look, 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 we won it, dad, we won it. And his dad says, ah, you, you would have won it in normal time had you made the substitutions earlier, not extra time. <laughs> he's, he's like, ah, okay. Right. Cheers. cheers, mate. And, uh, cheers. You know, so, I, I don't know that. That's kind of burned within him, isn't it? That, that's ingrained in him that, you know what, the good times are, are great but you become a football manager in the times of adversity that's when you test yourself that's when you know you've got got what it takes and i think
0: mobile phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with cox cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5g home internet Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of Ookla speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas. Visit cox.com internet for details.
3: There are many instances this season when you look back at Celtic managers and think, he's got what it takes to announce some, He's got it in abundance.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Now, Adam Apple. Welcome to the show you're watching on YouTube. Anyone else watching on the YouTube channel, get yourself subscribing. Loads of content being produced as we speak. We had a look at the uh, fully produced list earlier and it is absolutely booming. So there's lots to look forward to. And Adam says players will be chapping at the bit come Monday, I think we'll hammer them. Um, well, I hope we do. Uh, we'll have a look at what you think the line up will be and we'll run through that team as well. As I was saying at the very beginning of the show, there's a, a link underneath the video. And if you click on that link, you will be entered into uh, Axom's group within Who Knows Wins. You can then get involved uh, playing against the likes of Tony and I. In relation to predictions, And there's a special Celtic um there's a Celtic group of bets that you can get involved in, which you'll see up on your screen. Uh, Looking at the full-time result, Celtic scoring over 2.5 goals, etc. So that is a special that's been devised for Celtic supporters. So get involved there. Last goal scorer, etc. Celtic to have over 1.5 cards. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that'll happen. Um, So get involved. Click on the link. Uh, A couple of weeks ago, Tony and I, we're part of the Pick 10, which is another uh, price pot, which is now at ten grand. so you can get involved in that for £5, that's your entry fee. And uh, that's something that we'll be focusing on again next week, the Pick 10, uh, once Natasha and Colin are back, and we will be asking them for their predictions. But it's a Celtic group this week. Let's have a look at the team. Um, that you think we, sh- we will line up against Dundee United on Monday, Tony, and I will do the same. Um, like you were saying there, there was a good four changes to the, the side that faced Livingston, and mm-hmm. it, worked. it worked in our favour. You know, the experience came in, um, as well as-, as Tony Ralston, who's got a wee bit of experience now under his belt as well. Um, do you think that uh, Beaton, Rogic, or Jamesy Forrest will retain their place in the team? Do you think they're still going to start on Monday? I think
3: two of them will. And I think it's Beaton and Forrest. I think he might rotate
2: Rogic with O'Reilly. Right. Were and you I hearing think... about O'Reilly's musical taste during the week? No, no Did you see that? Enlighten me. Right. He's, so he's asked a question, one of these Q&As. Um, oh yeah. Ask Matt hashtag. And uh, somebody asked him about his musical taste and he says that uh, in a car on the way to training he'll be listening to ACDC or Aerosmith. Surprised at that? Nah,
3: takes all sorts. <laughs>
2: yeah, ACDC as long as it's Hell's Bells, um, I'll give you a pass on that one, Matt. <laughs> Aerosmith,
3: not having it. Sorry, I'm, not, I'm not having Aerosmith. ACDC um, I can get down with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Interesting. But no, I think you might. It's funny how be, you can go off a player. <laughs> I think O'Reilly will right, come in for logic. On Saturday, sorry, Saturday, Monday, and I think the rest will stay as is because that worked, Mm -hmm. and I think uh, and they they played very very well, and I just think he he might be intrigued to see how they cope with another, stern test, bearing in mind the trebles at stake. So I don't think he'll rotate too much. You know, I think uh, three or four changes for the Livingston game gave it a freshness, didn't it? That had been missing up until that point. So uh, I've got a feeling that, uh, and that's just my own. I, I could be totally wrong, but I just think you might uh, rotate Roger with O'Reilly and, and keep the, the other ten. You know, because we've got big, big games coming up. But this is this is the biggest game because it's, it's the next one, and obviously there's a potential treble. So you don't want to be mucking about too much with it, the team because you want to go there and get a result.
2: Niall the punk. A C D C as long as it is Bon Scott era. He was from Kerrymure, wasn't he? Bon Scott.
3: I think he was, yeah.
2: Yeah. Let us know Niall the Punk. You'll know better than us. It's not a, a band that I'm a massive fan of. I've got to i I've got to be completely honest. <laughs> um so keep us keep us up to date, but I do know that obviously Hell's Bells was used at um the Millant Nor at Saint Pauli. Don't know if it still is, actually, I'd need to check that. Um yeah, how do you think Celtic will line up? Tony reckons it will be Hart, Ralston, Taylor, Cameron Carter Vickers, um, Starfelt, Beaton, McGregor, Jota, Forrest, O'Reilly, and Maeda. Would that be right, Tony? Yeah. I think the only there might be a bit of tinkering. There might be uh, Yakamakis coming back, got a nice wee rest, hasn't he? Um Whoa. since his layoff. I just think that. You know, a lot of people have been questioning Maida, but Maida's,
3: you know, his confidence levels will be up after last week because he played very well and he got the, the vital breakthrough goal. So, And everybody wanted Giacomakis to start after the Dundee game and he got ill. So you're thinking, well, had you not got ill, you would have been playing. And I think Ange might think, well, Maida didn't do much wrong last week, so I'll maybe stick with the, the same forward line. That
2: started that that game, you know, and, and, and got themselves into a kind of unassailable Jim or 3-0 position. So you actually feel a wee bit comfortable for a spell until yeah. uh, until you know, about a minute later when Livy scored a goal yeah. and you're back on tenterhooks. Um I love that about Jim. I mean, how many games or how many minutes in games throughout his life has he actually enjoyed if you need to be 3 0 up, Tony, you know, not a great deal. Not many, I would have
3: thought.
2: Come on, Jim. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're winning 1 nothing, enjoy it. Uh, you and boys, as I said earlier on, ask us any questions. Ask us anything. Fire it in. Paul yeah. and Tony, do you think playing Jiranovic and Ralston both together on the right side could work? I think we might have spoken about this before. I like the fact that um, Ralston has that ability to overlap, and I, and I think it works really well with Abada. I don't know if a is, is is keen to hit that byline and get the ball over. I'm not sure if he is, Tony. Uh but Tony Ralston is. He's quite happy to do that. And you know, he's he's chipped in with quite a few assists this season as well. And I think he could probably do that. He could probably combine with O'Reilly, who likes to go over to the right hand side of here, but I think he could combine with Jaranovich. Um but to be honest with you, I think the other option that may or may not be used between now and the end of the season would be Um, With Ralston at right back and Juranovic at left back. I think that, and this is a big debate, could well be the strongest um, line-up at at the back. However, it's not a a dig against um, Taylor. I just don't think Ralston's done anything to get dropped. But Mm. Juranovic has got the quality, Tony. Juranovic Mm. really does have that quality that he needs to start. And that's the dilemma facing the
3: manager again, isn't it? Going back to picking a, a strongest 11. Every time Ralston features in that team, he makes it impossible for him to drop him, doesn't he? Yet the manager likes to rotate, and he clearly likes Taylor, because it's Taylor's
2: natural position. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Just going to leave that up there. Yeah, well, let the crowd decide, Tony. I Imagine putting you on the spot like that, Laura. I know that you and Tony were on a 12.30 show today and He's coming in for uh, part two this evening. Ask us anything. You say, OK, Tony, who is a better chat? Me or PGD? Right, we'll let the uh, the commenters decide on that one, I think. because yeah, I'm pleading the fifth on that. Couldn't, <laughs> couldn't possibly decide. Would we take Doig from Hibs? That's a good po- That's a good question, Alistair. Now, at the beginning of the season, there was a lot of talk about a few players at Hibs. Um, in fact... Listen, it wasn't that long ago people were talking about the house manager, Jack Ross. Even Sean Maloney had been spoken about in terms of Celtic management material in the past. But I think the, the players that people were talking about were uh, Doyle Get Left Back, um, Nisbet up top, uh, Boyle on the wing, and maybe even Porteous has been mentioned uh, in dispatches. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't touch Porteous. I don't rate him. don't rate him at all. I think that he's one of these guys, remember Big McKenna at Aberdeen? Uh, yeah. Or Gallagher at Motherwell there, There's certain players in Scottish football That suit a specific team And they're one of the better players, Tony And yeah. they're very good for that particular team But I don't think that McKenna could have, could have made the step up to Celtic I don't think Gallagher could have made the step back to Celtic And I don't think Porches could do the same I think Doyle's got a lot of ability uh, A lot of potential I don't think he's had the best season and I know that Hibs have obviously been a bit topsy turvy, changing management, etc. But out of all the players, and I did like uh, Nisbet, seen a bit of Nisbet when he was at Dunfermline as well. Um, I don't think that he's a, a player that I would take it seldom either. But Doig, potentially, yeah. I potentially well, would still take Doig.
3: Well, do you know what I would say about Ange? Has, what, has clearly been watching Hibs because he referenced Hibs yesterday. When he was talking about cup games, he was talking about teams coming out and playing, and it's not the, the the restrictions are lifted because it's a it's a one-off game and you're not there's no desperation for three points and you play a certain way to try and gain. He said, you know, he expects a, a tough game, but kind of possibly open game because Dundee United might come out to play. But he referenced Hibs, by saying, I look at the way Hibbs approached the semi-final against Rangers
2: mm-hmm.
3: and they came out and blitzed them and and I, and I found that interesting because I thought okay who's he been watching at Hubs? And I, I just kind of so on the back of that question Was that also 3-0 at half time?
2: Was it 3-1 at no, half time? 3-1 yeah, at half time yep, I think yep. it was
3: a 3-1 mm-hmm. and I just found it interesting that he would mention Tuesday mentioned that game in particular so Going back to that question, maybe Ange is. I mean, he's, he's scouting everywhere. He, he's got an extensive football knowledge, but you know the way he thinks about players. He thinks about them playing in his team and playing in a certain system. So it was just quite, it was just a kind of... It was a throwaway kind of comment that uh, the Hibs game, you know, but it stuck to me kind of thinking, has he been watching Hibs or somebody at Hibs that he thinks could maybe fill a job or fill a role, fulfill a role in his team.
2: Because
3: mm-hmm. that's the way he goes about his business. It's not just about if it's a good player or not. It's about a player actually he, he envisages him in his team yeah. and playing in that specific position. So I just wondered there was just curiosity. So when that question came in it's front it to my mind that maybe Doig is one of those players that he's think possibly thinking about. I don't know. I, I can't second-guess him, but out of the players that Celtic have been like with, I would say that Doig is probably top of that list.
2: Mm-hmm. I yeah. don't
3: think they would want Boyle now or want to bring him back from uh, his, wherever he is abroad. I can't remember where he is again. Uh, and Nisbet, hot and cold, for me, it's not an improvement on what we have. No, uh, He was maybe last June, Anybody coming in would have improved that team. So, but uh, I think we're a wee bit better than uh, I think. Angie's aiming higher than than this, but yeah, that's. I, I
2: would. No, I, I, don't, I don't. think that's disrespectful. I, I actually do think that if you're bringing a player in now, Tony, you're looking to improve what we've I got. you am to
3: improve what you've got, and I don't yeah. think uh, I don't think this would improve what we've got and would struggle to get a game in this side. Proteus just. He's too much of a loose cannon for me and a a liability and cannot be trusted in big games. I know maybe some people say you need a a strong character and and a manager like Ange to put their arm around him, but it doesn't strike me as an Ange player. I don't see where Portis would fit into an Ange team, I've got to be honest. And again, I'm looking at, would Portis improve your team? I don't think he would. No, Not not with the centre-backs that you've got at this minute. So, yeah, but Doig is uh, Doig is the one that I think he might, if I'm a, a betting man, which I am, and who knows wins, knows that. But uh, I, yeah, I've lost with them the past few weeks, but we'll say no more about that. But I think if I, if I was a betting man, I would say maybe Doig is the one he might be looking at. But it was just, it was just, I was just curious because he referenced that Hibs game out, uh, out of nowhere, so. Yeah.
2: Interesting. That it just maybe,
3: yes, that what, maybe he's looking at what's under his nose hmm. to see if they could fulfil a role within his team. You know, I, I mean, I, you know, you don't, every manager does that. They look at who they're playing against and their opponents. But he strikes. He, he said before he's pretty methodical about his recruitment of players, and he has a he has a an idea. He used that great analogy: when my wife goes to the shop, she knows exactly what to get. I'm like that way. Buying footballers, I'm not exactly what I'm looking for. Brilliant. So, uh, I think that's, I think that's the way you goes about his business.
2: Yeah, because remember he was speaking. I think it was to yourself directly, Tony, talking about when he when he was, um, you know, he was getting his badges and he's in France and yeah, Cliff you know, Yeah, and he's talking to the some of the mentors out there at that time just saying, you just know. And I think he's maybe at that stage where he just knows when a player will fit his system. Yeah.
3: Um, And he knows he'll be a perfect fit for Celtic. Yeah. Uh,
2: Absolutely.
3: And I I, I think that's... And again, I get back to it that you you trust him. You trust his judgment implicitly now.
2: You do. Yeah. Rab McEwan, we missed the trick not getting Hickey. Yeah, I think Hickey's done remarkably well. I think that, um, you know, himself and Henderson have opened up a a window of opportunity for young Scottish footballers in Italy uh, because of their success as well. Um, Maybe it was a market that they weren't considering until fairly recently. Um, Maybe, you know, when you look at the the success of Liam Henderson, a player that I I was a fan of as well, under Neil Lennon, certainly as well. Um, And, yeah... A lot of players, a lot of people come in and talking about Nisbet. I think that, you know, the the view on him has changed probably over the last year or so. But Hibs have gone through a fairly topsy turvy season, so, you know, he might come good next year. And if he does all the best, I know he's not had these troubles to seek either. Um, you were talking about betting. Well, we are part of a league. Get involved. Download the app. Who knows Wins there is a Celtic special on this weekend Leading up to the Dundee United game As well as pick 10 with a 10 grand prize pot Tony that would be nice That would make up for a couple of weeks of uh, losing a fiver here and there um, So here we go uh, Thank you very much everybody for getting involved This will be a regular con, 6 o'clock um, Friday night With a Celtic state of mind Tony Haggerty um, has appeared this evening and hopefully will appear in the future as well as will many of the other Axom contributors, it's a great side that we've got and we do appreciate everybody tuning in so thank you everybody for getting involved in the chat tonight, it's been great as, and I meant what I said, just ask us anything you want No many questions came in then Tony so that's fine, we'll keep it till next time Um, If you're watching on YouTube make sure that you subscribe, hit the notifications bell, loads of content coming your way and it's all free of charge All that's left for me to say tonight is enjoy your weekend and thank you to Tony Haggerty for joining me on A Celtic State of Mind